Hello and welcome back to the, I think this is the final episode of Goosebumps Month. Cue the theme song, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it's been quite a month, Sam. We've read two Goosebumps main, well, I mean one Goosebumps mainline book, a short story, a choose-your-own-adventure, did a quiz show, and now we're finishing things up with a Goosebumps 2000 book. Probably RL's favorite Goosebumps 2000 book, because this theme, the theme for Goosebumps Month this time around, is RL Stein's favorites. And he has, I wanted to do something a little more modern for his more, for a, for a favorite ones. But he's never really said any of the modern books are his favorite, sadly. Oh, also, hey, my name's Christopher the Rupal. I'm joined with Sam. She wouldn't talk until she says her name. It's, it's, it's in her, it's in her contract. Yeah. Yep. Her very poorly worded contract. It also says I technically owe you 105% of whatever revenue comes in. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how that works. Yeah. Yeah. Sucks, uh- <laughs> bitch. Welcome to CEO Live, bitch. Uh, okay, so, but we read Creature Teacher this time around, right, Sam? Yes. And Sam, what did you pregame on? I pregamed on Dr. Pepper because I'm going to be driving after this. Woo, driving. So I just uh-huh. did, honk. You know, the whole don't drink and drive. Yeah. Remember, kids. Don't drink and drive. Or I'll fucking kill you. Uh, no, no. Uh, I pre-gamed on, well, I had a Diet Coke and I put a little bit of our classic Captain Cherry Vanilla in there to start my pre-gaming. And then I had something I called the Teacher's Aid, which is 0.75 ounces of chocolate liqueur and 0.75 ounces of coffee liqueur. Tastes amazing, by the way. Uh, it's the teacher's aid because a teacher loves her coffee and a teacher loves her chocolates. Yes. Am I right, teachers? Let me hear my teachers out there. <laughs> yeah. Pay us more. Pay them better, better, better. My cousin's a teacher and she's cool. I'll actually, actually have to ask her if she likes chocolate and coffee now. <laughs> I mean, my dad was a teacher for... Does he like chocolate and coffee? Yes. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? I was going to say, do you really need me to... <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I realize that now. Like, that's a stupid question to ask. I know you're Ted, and he likes both those things. I'd be surprised if he was like, oh, I don't really care for either of them. Yeah, I only drink them because your mother does. Even though he's apparently been making her, like, uh, lattes and shit in the morning. Oh, that's nice. Oh, how nice. A latte. Why don't you make me a latte? Because you sometimes don't get up until like 11 because you're closing. That is not true. I wake up at least by 10. But I'm still at work by 8. Um, buy me a latte. Can you stop smacking my leg? Okay, that was my last one. Okay. Stop it. <laughs> you know you like it. Yeah. Yeah, double time. <laughs> and then I'm also currently nursing a two apples for teacher, which is a apple cider with a shot, of, or I put just a little bit of apple schnapps, and pretty decent. I think if we had a better tasting apple cider, because we're still uh, finishing off the last of the one we got a couple weeks ago for the haunted mask. For the haunted mask one, yep. And that was a weak ass cider. It's a very weak ass cider. I won't even say the name of it because I don't want to really advertise it. That's valid. Stick to better ones. Like Strongbow. Angry Orchard's not bad. Yeah. I want to give Woodchuck a chance again. Because if this one's bad, I want to give Woodchuck a chance. Because I remember liking Woodchuck more than this crap. Yeah. Alrighty. So Sam, what were your first impressions of this book? What did you think this book that's in my hand is a boot? 
So I thought it was going to be the whole, like, new school year. This teacher might be a monster. We're not sure. Until, like, the very end where it becomes, like, that twist. Yeah. Where you're like, where either they have to fight her or it's like, oh, it's misunderstanding. Or is it? Ding, 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 ding. Uh, my brother may have had this book in his Goosebumps collection, but I don't think I ever actually read it. Its cover truly scared me, and I'm pretty sure it gave me nightmares as a kid. Not lying. More on that soon. But I think this this one is about a teacher who is also a creature, and she's probably going to eat some kids for being bad. And one kid is like, I can't let you do that, creature teacher. And she's like, I'm going to eat you, and she does. Yeah. I wasn't too off. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this is I did not read this one as a kid because or at all because I don't know, it just really scared the crap out of me. That's a scary freaking cover, am I right? Yeah. Like as, as an adult, I'm like if if I saw this on the video yeah, the video store rack, <laughs> I'd be like I want to watch that movie. <laughs> video store rack. What am I? What is this, the 90s? <laughs> Childhoods are dead. <laughs> so, the cover. A truly haunting piece of work for Mr. Tim Jacobus. We have the titular creature teacher who has a beehive-style hairdo with a pencil sticking through it. I like that detail, by the way. Yeah. Um, she has green eyes that are bugging out of her face like flesh slinkies and a mouth that is filled with three rows of razor-sharp teeth on the top and two on the bottom. Also, the most horrifying thing about her is that purple dress with white polka dots. Now that is sh- now that shit is ghastly, baby. <laughs> what, you don't think that's funny? Yeah. Ah, yeah. Do you think that's a good look? I mean, no. It's <laughs> yeah. Not the most ghastly thing, though. It's pretty ghastly. No, I'd say the eyes still creep me out more. <laughs> slinkies. Yeah, the flush slinkies. Alrighty. So, uh, this this is the first for a Goosebumps book. There's a prologue, which... That threw me off because I was like, wait. Yeah. Alright. Uh, and as always, Sam, don't be afraid to interrupt with your sh- you with your notes, your jokes, and your sound effects. And I'll do the same thing when you read my notes. So, the prologue. We meet our protagonist, Paul Perez, another Hispanic character, and he shares the same name as my brother. Hey, in time for Hispanic Heritage Month. Yeah, it is true! <laughs> Just started today, but this episode comes out midway through uh, Hispanic Heritage Month. Yep. Ole. Also, uh, fun fact, this is also... I, 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 I know for a fact this is my brother's favorite Goosebumps book. Well, I, I actually can't confirm that, but I'm pretty 100% positive. When I said I read your favorite because on his birthday, I sent him a picture of the cover said, Hey, I just finished reading this book, which I actually, funnily enough, did finish on his birthday. And he just texted me back, LMAO. Not, not correcting me that it wasn't his favorite one or anything like that. Because I'm going to say this up front. Paul, the Paul in this book is like my brother Paul. Oh yeah, like, honestly, like <laughs> like when I tell Sam, like I'm like Sam, you're not going to be surprised by that. Yeah, you yeah. see it. Yeah, I see it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yes, we have our our character Paul. He tells us of a nightmare he would have constantly when he was three or four, and how he was afraid of monsters. Now he isn't, and he's also going to start school at a new boarding school this year. He's not afraid. The world is normal, normal and ordinary. And there's no such thing as monsters. Dot, dot, dot. Is there? (sighs) Alright, chapter one. Paul is having a tough time in school, and his parents want to give him a better opportunity, so they get him into a boarding school called the Caring Academy. Worst name for a school. 
Like, yeah. I know they explained that, that that the name of the person was Caring or whatever, but I'm like, oh, please, they just named it that shit and they claimed their name was Caring. That makes me think of, like, it's like some behavioral health fucking thing. Oh, like, that right? was my thought. was like, it's the same ones where they're going to have, everyone's going to be wearing the same fucking polo and be like, hey there, buddy. Yeah. Going through a big emotion right now, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Like the guy at the airport that had a fucking fit because his flight got delayed. Paul is kind of freaked out by all of this, and his dad's words of wisdom don't help him. The world gets tougher and tougher. It's eat or be eaten. Oh, how those words will come true soon enough, young Paul. Yep. (laughs) Foreshadowing, am I right, people? (laughs) Chapter 2. Paul is being taken to the Caring Academy and finds the grounds to to be kind of weird and like Dracula's castle. Paul meets the Dean of Students, Mr. Klain, uh, who takes him to his dormitory. Also, did you imagine Mr. Klain to be kind of hot? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. He sound, he, how they described him, he sounded hot. And I'm sad we don't get to see him again. Yeah, I'm like... It's like, I wanted more Mr. Klain. I wanted him to be like, <laughs> don't be an, uh, an idiot, Paul. Get away from me, you fat fuck! As he points to Marv, like, in, the, in chapter two. Yeah. <laughs> Which I did not mention in my notes. Because I was like, this isn't going to be necessary, is it? <laughs> Get out of here, you little freak. <laughs> Along the way, Paul notices that the kids seem normal enough. And they finally get to Paul's room, which is which he will be sharing with another boy named Brad Caperton. Paul says bye to his parents and starts unpacking. He starts thinking about his pet parrot and how he'll miss Harold. And even does an impression of the bird when two girls walk into his room. They were told by Mr. Klain to show Paul to his classrooms. One girl is in all purple and named Celeste Majors, and the other is kind of dressed like Jane Lane from Daria, is named Molly Bagby. Did you not imagine that too? I imagine it's generic goth girl. Nah. I don't know. Like, her outfit sounded like Jane Lane's. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, you don't remember it. Before they can show him around, they slam the door closed and warn him to get out of here at all cost. Okay, this might be weirdo Rupal, but when I was that age, I would have been way too excited if two girls locked me into the room with them. <laughs> See, I would have just been like, I was kind of like Caleb, like, don't, this joke's not funny. This joke's not funny. Get out. But they, he literally has like a get out moment where they're like, leave. Get, get out. out. Chapter three. The girls tell Paul that maybe his parents are still here and that he can still escape. But when they open the door, Mr. Klain is there and he asks, what's going on here? What's going on here? They lie and they say they were telling him where everything is and then escort him to his classroom with his teacher, Mrs. Mag. Paul thinks that the two girls were playing a joke and they get to the classroom. Paul finds it weird that no one was talking and that everyone was was nose deep in a book, taking notes on paper or on laptops. He meets his roommate Brad, who flirts with Molly by playfully bumping into her from behind. Whoops, I've just dry-humped you. This is playful, right? We're only 12. It's okay. I remember I once punched a kid because he started to dry-hump my trombone case. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds like Sam. To be fair, it was so random and out of pocket, like, the kid just started doing it. Yeah. And then I was like, fuck off with that. Yeah, fair enough. Also, hey, Ben. (laughs) Because it was Ben. Okay. (laughs) Paul takes a seat when he notices a child is hanging from a rope from the ceiling, but soon realizes it's just a dummy. I kind of wish R.L. would have made a reference to any one of his prior dummies from the books. Like, this is like post uh, uh, Bride of the Living Dummy here. Yeah. Yeah. The dummy has a sign on it saying to get ready for an upcoming talent show. 
Brad sees Paul staring at the dummy and asks what his talent is, and Paul admits he doesn't have one, and the others are confused by this, as no one gets into Karen Academy without a talent. He went the bully route of, he just <laughs> fucked up too much. You don't fucked up. You don't fucked up. We learn that both Molly and Brad are violinists, but they are they must face off as there can be only one person with specific talents at the school. Paul jokes and says his talent is dancing and proceeds to take the dummy and dance with it and do a whole routine and notices none of these students have taken notice of him and are are are, are even re- and aren't even reacting to him. He trips while dancing and lands on the dummy. When he's about to get up, he notices a large figure at the doorway, blocking all the light from the hallway. It's Mrs. Marge. She tells him to leave the dummy on the floor and to come to her. She wants to have a taste of him. Paul isn't sure what she means, but approaches her slowly. She then rips his arm from his pants pockets, and with a fat tongue like a cow's, she licks his arm and the other students watch in fear. Sam, go ahead and read the next couple chapters. Then she says it's tasty, too. Oh, yeah. Also, that's such a weird thing. Like, What, the fat cow tongue or just her licking him? Her licking him in general. She's a monster! But still. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just thinking of Peter being like, sorry. Yeah, basically. <laughs> she uses that as the excuse for everything. They're like, you shouldn't do that. I'm a monster. Yeah, sorry, I'm a monster. I'm, I'm the bad guy. Also, you know what makes me think of? Huh. Um, Bob's Burgers. I have a heart condition. Yeah, I have a heart condition. And she's just kicking the chair. Yeah. Paul is told... What chapter is it? Chapter four. Paul is told to return to his seat, and we get a disgusting description of what Mrs. Marg looks like on page 24. Ooh, we do need the book. My Last bad. sentence on the page and the entire paragraph. Psh, bitch, I know. She stared back at me with wet brown eyes. Cow eyes. Like a doll's eyes. Lifeless eyes. Black eyes. Like a doll's eyes. It's sorry. just like, sorry, I'm just thinking when it said the cow tongue and cow eyes. Yeah. Like I think it was that it's just a cow <laughs> that they went into the school. <laughs> she had pale yellow skin, like the skin of, on chicken in the supermarket. Her cheeks were so flabby they bounced on her neck as she grinned. Her whole face sagged over her shoulders like raw cookie dough. Disgusting and uh, beautiful. Paul is told to take a seat in the back. On his journey there, he sees a few animals in cages and thinks they're a bit too old for classroom pets. Squee, squee, squee. When he gets to his desk, he notices the words, help me, scratched into the desk. Mrs. Marg <laughs> finally comes into the classroom and starts with grammar lesson. And Paul notices a weird smacking sound. It's Mrs. Marg. She's barefoot and her feet are large and fat with no toes and curly black nails sticking out from the tops. <laughs> Mrs. Marg notices Paul gasping at her and asks if he asks if and asks, does he have a problem? There we go. Yeah, bitch, you got a problem? With my gross fat feet. Chapter five. Mrs. Marg asks Paul if no what? Just <laughs> I like how we're just pronouncing it. Okay. Ask Paul if no one told him that she was a monster, and then she then explains how she ranks the students as a food chain and how she plans on eating the lowest one on the food chain after the talent show. Paul thinks this is all a joke. Mrs. Marg then places Paul at the top since he's new, and the others think it's not fair, but she thinks he won't be up there for too long. <laughs> She's not wrong. Yeah. She then writes a sentence on the board for their grammar lesson and pulls Paul up to the board to find the subjects and the board on the board. Paul steps up to the board, but steps on something soft and squishy. And Paul... You misspelled Paul. No, no, that's how it's spelled. Paul is fucked. Paul is fucked. <laughs> Wait, you want to read another chapter? I can read another chapter. Three chapters. Okay. Chapter six. Paul has stepped on Mrs. Marg's foot, and she lets out a howl of pain. <laughs> 
He has moved down two spots on the food chain, and soon enough, the lunch bell rings. Paul catches up with Celeste and Molly, and he wishes they could quit it with their joke, and they try to tell him that it's not a joke, but he can't hear this explanation because some kids are making too much noise. They get lunch and are unable to sit together. So Paul sits with a pudgy boy named Marv. They make small talk, complaining about Miss Marg, even though Marv doesn't have her. Soon Celeste and Molly pull Paul away from Marv and tell him that Mrs. Mar that's Mrs. Marg's son. And I'm like, oh god, that's so awkward. Yeah. Awkward. Alright, chapter seven. Paul is freaking out about Marv and finds out that he's close to his mother, and he will no doubt tell her what he said. Paul decides to apologize before things can get any worse, so he rushes to Mrs. Marg's classroom and finds that she's by the animal cages. She has plucked a mouse from a cage and has ripped its head off with her massive teeth and is placing the head on a cracker. That was so fucking brutal. I was not expecting that fucking brutal thing yeah. to happen. She finally sees Paul and offers him an appetizer. This may be the most gory scene in a Goosebones book. Like, she legit rips the head off the mouse. The blood must be fucking everywhere. Like, yeah. Well, and she just does it so, ca- like... Yeah, casually. Yeah. Fucking brutal. Well, there's not too much blood just because it's a mouse, like... I mean, there's gotta be at least, like, a puddle. True. Like, it's it's a it's, it's not a giant puddle, but it's a puddle. But, yeah, it's still a huge mess. And she just fucking does... Yeah, yeah just... nonchalantly. <laughs> just rips it out, plucks it out, puts it on the cracker. And then she eats it. Yeah. Also, she doesn't eat things raw, Sam. <laughs> fucking lie. <laughs> uh... Plot, uh, Plot ding, hole ding. Ding. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Chapter 8. It finally clicks for Paul. Mrs. Marg is really a monster, and she is going to eat a student after the talent show, and it will no doubt be him. He rushes out of the room disgusted after seeing her devour the mouse head. He bumps into Marv, but doesn't apologize. He then thinks he needs to call his parents and tell them, tell them even though he knows they won't help him. He scours the halls of the Caring Academy for a phone and eventually finds one and dials zero to connect with an operator. Chapter 9. A voice comes through and it's a recorded message telling Paul that students may only use the phone to call parents on holidays. Oh, snap! That's kind of fucked up if you think about it. That's really fucked up. Because I get not calling, like, during the school hours, maybe, unless it's, like, an emergency. Yeah. But, like, I'm thinking, like, what about the weekends? Or, like... Anytime. Yeah, or like after class. Yeah, no, fucked up. Paul rushes back to the three people he's known the longest, and he tells them they need to escape. But sadly, they've already tried. They've tried writing home, making phone calls, and even telling the other faculty. Nothing has worked. They tell him the only way to survive this semester is to not be at the bottom of the food chain. Paul won't accept this. He decides he's going to the headmistress of the Caring Academy to voice his grievances. The others try to stop him, but he goes forward. When he arrives, he finds out that the headmistress is dot dot dot. Chapter 10. It's Mrs. Marg. It turns out she took the job of headmistress here, but loved teaching so much that she's pulling double duty. Paul is fucked. It's Sam said double duty. He runs out of the office after being bad touched by Mrs. Marg. What? You putting that in? She bad touched him. I mean, she did. And runs into Marv. Marv offers Paul some fudge, but Paul refuses, <laughs> thinking that Marv is helping helping his mom fatten Paul up and pushes the boy away. You want some fudge, buddy? And according to the last sentence in this chapter, this was Paul's biggest mistake. With even, not eating that fudge. Even though that doesn't really... It really doesn't add up. It doesn't, like, that doesn't click, yeah. 
planting and payoff did not work there. Yeah, no. I think he may have not realized that one, and the editor probably missed it, too. Yeah. Chapter 11. It's now Saturday, and Paul is hanging out with the others while they practice for the talent show. Paul tells them about Marv, and Brad doesn't feel sorry for him, but the two girls think Marv is just trying to make a friend. They then discuss Paul's talent, and he can't think of one. He then realizes he could tell jokes, but the others don't think it's a good idea, because if he bombs on stage, he'll surely be at the bottom of the food chain. Molly then gives him the idea to make balloon animals while telling jokes, and Paul agrees to this, even though he doesn't have any prior experience experience making balloon animals. That's my note. (laughs) I mean, no, I thought the same thing. I'm like, people are like, it can't be that hard. It's not that easy. Yeah, it's not that easy. I mean, I've never tried, but... I have tried, because my dad can do some. Yeah, can you do a dog? I think so. Because that's like the easiest one. Yeah, because again, my grandma was a clown, so he learned some basics. Sam, do not insult your grandma that way. She was a fine woman. Yes, and she was also a clown. Stop insulting her. She's not a clown. We literally have her clown costume in a baggie in my old room. Ugh. That's just creepy. Or that might be my mom's. I'm not sure. Ugh, that's so creepy. I've also got a baby clown costume. Yeah, a baby clown. <laughs> I come from a long line of clowns. Do you want this classy? Ah! Fuck you. <laughs> All right, keep reading. Did I Clussy bitch. <laughs> but before he can start practicing, he has to get permission to do his act for Miss Marg. So he heads to her classroom. When he gets there, the room is black, so he turns on the lights and notices his name has shifted to third from last. He also notices that the rabbit from the animal cages has been eaten. Miss Marg is slowly moving up the food chain. I really like that, what's it called? Like, that was, like, really nice, like, subtle... What's it called? Like, I wish they hadn't given that away on that. Like, in, in the... Like, I wish they hadn't said it. It. W- I think it's a better a show-don't-tell kind of moment. Yeah. But I do think, you know, I mean, I hate to say it, the kids reading Goosebumps then probably wouldn't have put a two-to-two two together of, like, oh, it's moving up the food chain. Yeah. But I really like that little symbolism. You have a note right here. Do you want me to read that, though? I'll read my note. Or that's... Sorry, that's the next chapter, so I can read that after I do the... Okay. So, summary. Chapter 12. The talent show auditions are being held in Mrs. Marg's classroom today, and everyone is on edge as their performance can either boost them on the food chain or doom them. After seeing a few performances, Molly's name ends up at the bottom as the lowest-ranking kid has been moved up. The night before the auditions, Paul had asked how Molly got so low on the food chain. Turns out she tried escaping two days into the school year, and Mrs. Marg has had it out for her ever since. Uh, not gonna lie, this moment was pretty good and had some actual heart to it. It was perfectly placed in the chapter. Like, damn, Stein, look at that prose. Yeah, I, I just really like that little moment there where, like, it literally stopped the stopped in the middle of the chapter to let us know that. And I'm like, that's actually really good placement. Like, goddamn, like, yeah. he, he actually wrote something good. Now it's, it's now Molly's turn, and she stumbles at first, but then she does a wonderful take on a box song. Which song is it, RL? Come <laughs> on, name one. Yeah, that was my note as well. There, that's my joke as well, but there you go, Sam can have it. Mrs. Marg is impressed, but doesn't move her up or down because she's a bitch. I mean, monster. That's also in here. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> obviously. Also in my notes. But agreed. Um, then it's Brad's turn to play his violin to see who will play it. Play the violin at the talent show. He grabs his violin case and opens it, and something is very wrong. Something's very wrong. Chapter 13. A sour smell takes over the room. The children start freaking out and opening windows to get fresh air. Mrs. Marg approaches the instrument, says it's skunk. She's just she's, good weed. <laughs> she doesn't know what she knows what weed is. She knows, Mrs. Mrs. Marg would have eaten the stoner kid, <laughs> and then and she would, got munchies. Exactly. She she that's an edible right there. <laughs> she ate the stoner. It's just an edible. Just an edible. Oh man, my brother got eaten. 
she's fucking tripping now. Sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not even weed anymore. It's mushrooms and she or acid or whatever. And she, it's just. <laughs> she goes out and comes back from the music room, and she's found a brown bottle with skunk scent in there. She then points an accusing finger at Paul for his misdeed. Chapter fourteen. She's actually pointing at Brad and says he's responsible for his own instrument and gets dropped to the bottom of the food chain. I have mixed feelings on that because on one hand he is because I've seen kids that would just like forget their instruments and shit. Yeah. And it is up to them to remember it. Mm-hmm. But it's also like, obviously he's not just going to pour skunk yeah. scent into his own violin case. Like, Well, I mean, that's not the point. It's, it's She's just saying it's your responsibility to take care of your instrument. Yeah. Like, but obviously somebody... Yeah, someone, someone clearly like, sabotaged him. It wasn't just like a, oh, I'm going to fuck around kind of thing. Yeah. He realizes he forgot his... Oh, sorry. Uh, it is now time for Paul's talents. He realizes he forgot his balloons in his dorm room and goes out to grab them. He finds them, but not where he thinks he left them, but doesn't put too much thought into it and returns to the classroom to perform. Chapter 15. Paul starts his performance and says he's about to make an aardvark out of balloons, but when he blows into it, the balloon doesn't inflate. He tries again, and it doesn't work. Someone has poked holes into all of his balloons. Mrs. Margs then places his name at the bottom of the food chain. Dun dun dun... Chapter 16. The girls think Marv pulled the pranks on the two boys. Talent show routines. They've seen Marv outside the music room that same day. And while Paul returned to his room, there's a bar of fudge waiting for him. I think Marv just wants to be friends. <laughs> That's all I have to say. I just think Marv wants to be friends. Yeah, no, I agree. Because I was like, no, I think he's just trying to be nice. Like Sam kid, was Marv. The kid's just socially awkward. Sam was Marv. Shut the fuck up. Maybe I was. <laughs> Shut up. Oh my god, you had a, t- a teacher as a parent? That evening, the girls tell Paul he needs to get off the ba- off the bottom of the food chain list by doing some extra credit work. They tell him to try and build a model of the most complicated molecule to impress Mrs. Marg. Paul isn't sure, but he's desperate to do so as he starts building the model up until mid. I'm sorry, it's just it's not you. It's just what happens in the next chapter. Mate, I'm yeah. laughing at that. No, it's great because he then heads to his dorm room and there's someone else in the halls. It's Marv, and he has a simple question for Paul: Did you like the fudge? <laughs> just poor Marv. Yeah. He's just, a, I'm like, no, he's, he's not the one doing it, because it's too obvious. Like, yeah. He's, he's the red herring. Yeah. Chapter 17. Paul tells Marv to leave him alone and shoves him out of the way. Marv looks pissed. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if you were like, hey, I got you fudge, and you went, fuck you. Fuck your fudge. I'd be like, what the fuck? Like. What the fudge? <laughs> when Paul gets back to his room, Brad is still up and practicing card tricks as his new talent and asks Paul for help. Paul is reluctant, but helps Brad out. The fear these kids show in this book is truly well done. You really feel for them because the stakes are fucking real in this one. Like, legit. Oh, yeah. Like, I had that where I'm like, oh, no, I get why these kids are like, no, I've got to do all this extra credit. I got to do this. I got to. Like, legit. The, the, they're, like, literally trying to be like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Honestly, like, for me, I'm thinking back to it. Yeah. And it felt kind of like what it was like to be, like, the honors slash gifted kid. Yeah. Of that, like, constant need to perform. Yeah. And that kind of... It set you up to feel so neurotic about grades and shit like that. That in the long run don't really matter. Mm-hmm. Paul finishes the model the following evening and places it inside a box for safekeeping, as recommended by Celeste in the previous chapter. He takes it to Miss Marg the following day before class. He nervously shows her the model, and she asks if this is some sort of joke. His model has been morphed into the words, You ugly. <laughs> It's so it's so great. It's so fucking funny. I fucking cackled at that shit. Like, just you ugly. Yeah, just <laughs> like, like what the fuck is this shit? Is it bad that I was like she 
So in the next chapter, I'll just go to that chip. Yeah, yeah, but, go ahead. Okay, Miss Marg is pissed. It's not only insulting, it's poor. I thought it's poor grammar. I was like, I thought the same thing where I'm like, I feel like that's even more insulting if you give that to a teacher of not even <laughs> you putting- You ugly. Putting <laughs> you're ugly, but you ugly. Oh, God. If we have a kid and I'm, I want to convince them to read this in like third or fourth grade so they have to make a diorama, I want them to make that part just so I can help them with the you ugly <laughs> little thing. <laughs> What? Just that of. I want to read that. No, you're reading this for you're the diorama. Creature. Come on, dude, dude, dude. Here, listen to me out, buddy. You got. There's a scene in this book that I will help you make this. Dad, why are you making me just do it? <laughs> All right, keep reading. Okay, so it's poor grammar. She crushes the project and then places Paul's name on the food ch- from the food chain chart on the floor and is given the infect- affectionate name of lunch meat. Paul rushes out of the classroom and to his dorm room. In a frustrated state, he plans on escaping because he has nothing else to lose. The next morning, it's storming outside. It's the perfect way to escape. Paul doesn't tell his friends, but plan after breakfast, he makes a break for it. And then you have... Oh, yeah. Literally, I, I, just pun- I just put all three, chapter 19 through 21, as one paragraph. Because it's literally just one... Pa- it's literally one chapter worth of fucking things. So I'll read a couple chapters after this one as well. The rain batters Paul with no pity. He trudges through it, but slips, slips, but he slips and falls. Then he hears someone calling him to stop. He's been busted. It's Molly. She tells him there's an invisible electric fence that he won't get past. Paul doesn't care. He wants to fucking escape. But Molly tells him one more thing before he tries leaving again. His parents are here. They head back inside and Paul changes out of his wet clothes before finding his parents. He then finds them and they say Mrs. Marr had called them to say that Paul has been having trouble and that they're disappointed in him. (laughs) Paul calls Mrs. Marg a monster and Mrs. Marg appears and is like, see what I mean with this kid? My my favorite part in that is when he's like, just look at her. And she's like, oh no, I get that a lot. That's the next chapter. Okay. But yeah, yeah, you know, you're right. She's just like, I get that a lot, you know. And then the dad being like, we don't judge people by their appearance, Paul. Chapter 22. They all sit down to talk about Paul and Mrs. Marr even tells them maybe they should take him home. But his parents are like, nah, he's going to stick it out, even though he's begging to come home. Mrs. Marr even mentions that Paul tried running away today and that he really shouldn't do that because he could get lost in the woods outside the premises. And not be found. Paul realizes that his monstrous teacher had called his parents in to pave a way for his disappearance. Which is really smart, honestly. Like, holy shit, R.L., you actually thought this one through. Yeah. Like, I, like when I read that, I was like, oh my god, that's actually really fucking smart. Like, this is... This is smart for a Goosebumps book. Like, yeah. This is a, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'll get into my review later, but damn. Just damn. Chapter 23... Paul decides he's going to practice like crazy for the talent show, and he improves quite a bit with his balloon animals and jokes. The morning of the talent show, he gets a message from the office to go straight to the auditorium stage. When he gets this message as he's first to perform, Paul rushes to grab his balloons for his act and goes to the auditorium. When he gets there, it's pitch black, except for a single light on the stage. He calls. Yeah, I know. I'm very ominous. (laughs) He calls to Mrs. Marg. To let her know he's there and doesn't get a response, so he heads up to the stage. He gets there and nervously waits for anyone to show up. Soon the door to the auditorium opens and it's Molly. 
She's confused as to why Paul is on the stage since at breakfast they announced the talent show had been canceled. Go ahead and read those last couple chapters. Chapter 24. Molly leaves Paul to die (laughs) and hands wrap around Paul's neck. Mrs. Marg has got her prey and soon the stage trapdoor slowly takes them down. She takes them to the furnace room. As she said, she may be a monster, but she prefers her meat cooked. Lies. She ate that fucking mouse raw. Paul pleads with her not to do this, and soon she throws him into the flames, fucking Sweeney Todd style. I wrote that in there, right? No, I, I said that. Oh, you that. said that? Okay. I could have sworn I put that in there. Nope, it's not there. I, I believe you. So, chapter 25. Paul miraculously avoids getting into the furnace and grabs a shovel to defend himself. He throws the shovel at the monster, getting her in the gut and stunning her. Paul runs back to where the trap door is and finds Molly there. She admits to sabotaging both Paul and Brad's talent tryout because she was afraid she would be eaten. She decided she'd redeem herself and save Paul. She starts having the elevator head up and tells Paul to hop on, but he's grabbed once more by Miss Marg, and Molly failed at redeeming herself. (laughs) Okay, so how do you feel about Molly being the kind of, like, twist villain there? I thought it was smart. Yeah. Because, again, like, I was like... Marv felt too obvious of a red herring. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that makes sense, especially if you... Since she was on, like, close to the bottom of the last. Uh Uh-huh. Like and, she like, is. there was almost no redeeming for her because, I mean, she she tried escaping once. Yeah, and she's already been on Miss Marg's shit list. Yeah. So I I get it. It makes sense. It's one of those, it's a decent twist. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like, I liked it. Yeah, that's what I was like. G- good twist. Good little twist. Because it wasn't just one of those, like, why the fuck would this kid do it kind right. of thing. Paul is able to get away once more from Miss Marg and decides to book it and find what another way out. What chapter is this? Chapter 25. Thank you. I think you already said that. Oh, did you? Okay, sorry. Yeah. I don't think you did. Because I thought the chapter ended with Molly failing. Nope. I was wrong. My bad. Paul is able to get away once more from Miss Marg and decides to book it and find another way out. As he's running, he bumps into, once again, Marv. Chapter 26. Hi. I'm going to help you. Marv says he's here to help Paul because he is his friend. See, I told you. Marv tells Paul he needs to make Mrs. Marg laugh. And when she laughs, she goes into a six-month hibernation. Marv then disappears, and Mrs. Marg is there once more. Paul can't think of anything funny on the spot, like most comedians who are first to tell a joke on the spot when they tell someone they're a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> I love when Sam reads one of my jokes, and she just laughs by the end of it. Because it's a good joke. Yep, thank you. I, I like to think I'm funny. And they're like, make me laugh, funny guy. Then Paul has an idea. <laughs> yep. Uh, before we get there, uh, uh, okay, so I went to Goodreads to be like, because I, I felt weird about my review on this one. Which we'll get to at the end of the episode. But one of the reviews that I read pissed me off a lot. Because they are like, there was an error. She was laughing at the beginning. And I'm like, I don't think it's the same kind of laughter that's about to happen. I feel like it's one of those, there's a difference between like, heh, yeah. ha ha ha, and like laughing so hard you almost pee yourself yeah. kind of laughing. And I feel like this is the laugh. Yeah, that's go ahead and just of, finish, up, but yeah. finish up. Chapter 27. Paul gets down on the floor and begins to tickle Mrs. Marg's disgusting feet. I'm going to tickle your feet. Get off me! (laughs) And it works. She laughs hysterically and passes out onto the floor. Marv congratulates Paul on his success. They both head towards the elevator, but Marv has some bad news for Paul. Marv's really hungry. Yeah, I figured that, like, honestly, it meant that she needed to, like, crack up super fucking hard yeah to be able to like pass out like that not like i'm laughing at your your lameness you know yeah like huh you're pathetic sam do you have any notes for this i didn't really take that many notes because i didn't really have anything big to add to it honestly yeah i'm gonna say i think i said most of what i was gonna say okay so oh here are my notes uh pop culture references in no particular order 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 dracula clark kent 
Tommy Hilfiger, The Gap, Doc Martens, My Favorite Things, The Sound of Music, and Nerf. They also reference Beethoven and Bach, but I like I think that's those aren't really pop culture references. Yeah, that's just that's nothing. Uh, this is one of my brother's favorite Goosebumps books. One because he shares the name with the protagonist, but he is similar to the Paul in this story. He has he was a troublemaker, suffered from ADD or maybe it was ADHD, and also had a teacher who was very similar to Mrs. Mark, which I've actually referenced quite a bit. R.L. doing his classic fat kid shaming and even says what we're all thinking, that the kid rolls away like a bowling ball. Because he says that. Yeah, I do have some mixed feelings on like some of the descriptions of like, and she's so fat. I don't, I mean, I think it was more Marv, speaking of Marv being fat. No, like the Miss Marg, they had a lot of like, yeah. she looked like she was wearing a circus tent. Oh, she looked like the, she was bigger than the sun. I mean, she was Sam. Again, it's still just one of those... She's a monster. You're allowed to make fun of her because she's a monster. Fat people are monsters. What aren't you getting, Sam? She has diabetic feet. So, so he is off. just making fun of a diabetic she woman. Cut off her, they had to cut off her toes. <laughs> she's just diabetic. You're a monster, Paul, not her. <laughs> um, Mrs. Mark may be the most foul creature that RL has ever created. Of all the monsters that uh, of the book, Goosebumps books you've read, would you say she's probably grossest? I think so. Yeah, she's pretty fucking awful. The closest thing is the slime with the leered lips. Yeah. Uh, Sam, who would you cast as Mrs. Marg if you had a choice? Because I have my my choice, obviously. <laughs> this is why I'm asking this question. I'm thinking. Okay. Uh, I'll just go ahead and say mine, and you'll probably just agree with me. Harvey Firestein. Yeah, I can see that. He's six foot one and has a gravelly voice like her and does drag. We have our girl. Yeah, I don't. I can't top that. That's a good choice. All right, Sam. R- 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 random question time, time, time. Uh, what would your talent have been at the Caring Academy, Sam? In middle school? Probably playing flute. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I played flute like that. <laughs> yeah, that was your talent. I... I don't know, like, if, if it was middle school, like, I mean, I was a, I've always been, like, the funny guy, but, like, comedy doesn't always land, and, like, I don't think I would, I think I'd end up getting eaten, you know? Because in middle school, I wasn't playing in instruments. I sang, but there were plenty of singers, so I probably would lose out on that one, because I'm not a, I was not a strong singer at that point. I was a very, I was a very mild tenor at that point. <laughs> I still am. I'm definitely still a tenor. Um... I don't know. I, I I could perform an oratory act. I could easily One do that. One person did really good with Macbeth. That is true. I so, could probably do the same thing. You could do a monologue. Yep, exactly. I just have to beat his talent. <laughs> Suck it, Shakespeare. Yep. Suck it. Shuck it, Shabak. <laughs> uh, did you ever have your own Mrs. Marg? Like a teacher. Just like a monster teacher. A teacher that was just a bitch for no reason. Constantine. Yeah, yeah. You've got yours. <laughs> Uh, my 12th grade English teacher was kind of a fucking cunt. Uh, he was just an asshole. I did not like him. I don't even remember his name. That's how much I don't care for him. Uh, I would also maybe say... Oh, I have a legit one who was such a Mrs. Mark. Because she was mean to everybody. It was my 6th grade English teacher. And she was just... She was just mean to everybody. But I impressed her one time. It was the stupidest thing. I wrote my paper early... 
put it on a floppy disk so I could print it at school that day. And she's like, wow, even Chris got it done early. What's your guys' excuses? <laughs> and I was like, I'm insulted, but I feel good. Because I did the shit early. Like, beautiful moment. I had I had a sixth grade English teacher that was kind of like that. She was just the very anal retentive type A. Yeah, just a bitch. I, I wonder what it is with, like, six, specifically sixth grade English teachers. Yeah. Because, like... Because, like, sixth grade, they're, like... We're, we're, we're like, what, 11, 12-year-olds? Yeah. We're not exactly pieces of shit yet. We're literally yeah. bottom of the food chain. Well, and... Yeah, I was going to say, in two, in at least Arizona, how it is here... Yeah. It's K through 5, and then 6 six through, through eight. 8. yeah. So, yeah, we are just out of elementary school. Yeah, we're literally bottom-fed, like, babies. We're we like, barely Ooh. know, like... How the fucking period system works. <laughs> Sam was learning about her period. I was learning about two types of periods at the same time. Oh, that's scary. Ooh, I'm bleeding are out this there? hole. Are you there, God? It's me, Sam. <laughs> Ever know a kid whose parents worked as either a teacher or at the school like Marv? I mean, my dad was a teacher. But you never went to the same school, though. Yeah, my dad was kind of was kind of doing that by design because he was like, she could go to Catalina Foothills. The problem is, is if, like, I screwed up or something, mm-hmm. he'd get told like that. Yeah. And, like, at least have that time. <laughs> he didn't want that shit. He's like, nah, if I'm going to hear about this, I want to get a delay. Yeah, he's like, I don't need to hear about it in the middle of my I don't need day. to know about my daughter fucking up again. To be <laughs> fair, they didn't same. get that many calls. I know, you weren't a bad, you weren't a bad student. I was going to say, for the most part, I was pretty. You're pretty. You, I was a pretty good student. You're like. on, you're, you're straight and narrow. Yeah. In one way, but not the other. Big ass. Eh. <laughs> and also queer. Ah, that's not straight nor narrow. Yeah, exactly. But I didn't get in trouble at school. Yeah. Um. But um, um I actually did know one kid. Yeah. I don't. They at least used to go by gauge. I don't know if they go by gauge anymore. Just because I yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Ekman's kid. Yeah. We'll just say Mrs. Ekman's kid. Yeah. Because I don't Ekman's. want to refer to them as as their dead name, honestly. Yeah. But uh, I yeah. Don't, I don't know what they go by now. But Mrs. Ekman's kid. Yeah. 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 Because. Because they went to Tucson High, I think. They right? went to Tucson High. And yeah. I know uh, Nick, uh, buddy of the podcast, his mom was a teacher. I think he went oh, to Oh, yeah, school. Mrs. Cashman. Yeah. 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 Uh, they went. She helped out with marching band stuff. Yep. And what's good, I think he went to elementary school with that one. Dylan, also another friend of the podcast. He also, I think, middle school or elementary school, his mom worked at the school as well. Um, I had another one, actually, too. Uh-huh. Um, Mrs. Vervarelli's kids. That's right, yeah. Because Cosmo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if she ever, if he ever had her class, but I do know. I doubt it. Because I had Mrs. Vervarelli. Yeah. And she was cool. And, and Cosmo <laughs> was chill. Like, yeah. I have right. no no big issues with them. Do you have any random questions for the random question section? I don't. <sighs> Disappointed. I'm kidding. I don't force you guys to do this shit. These are my notes. This is my podcast. I guess, like, I touch everyone's would you ever, butt on this podcast. Would you ever want to go to, like, a school with, like, a dormitory, like, a boarding school kind of thing? I, it never seemed that appealing to me, honestly. Like, I, I only, like, I mean, I only really knew about boarding schools, like, through Harry Potter at first. And I was like, oh, it's magical. But then when I grew up, I played, what, fucking, um... Bully? Bully. And I was like, this doesn't seem cool, except for the part where I get to not go to class, because I passed all the classes already. Oh, yeah, and then you're just like, wee! Yeah, you're just fucking around. Round, round, fuck around, I, I fuck, fuck around. around. Yeah. Um, what about you? Would, would you? So, honestly, like, I wanted to, because, again, it was kind of like with Harry Potter, where I was like, oh, it's well, magical. It sounds like magic, and I want to be magical, yay. I love magic. <laughs> and then, 
I spent a week or two weeks, I can't remember, at the NAU, like, music camp thing. Yeah. And it's, I was like, this sucks. Hated it. I hate, like, having to wear flip-flops in the fucking shower. Ooh. Because it's we sh- a communal shower. Yeah, yeah, I know. It just so. feels weird. Yeah, so I didn't like that. I didn't like sharing a room with somebody, because that sucked. Cause she hates it now. It's not as bad, because at least you're not, like, talking to your boyfriend at fucking 11 o'clock at night. She claws me with her long fing- uh, toenails at night on my back. She's just like... <laughs> but... Yeah, it it yeah. was yeah. So I'm like I like you def like you have to definitely have somebody you actually like to be your roommate. But the problem is you don't you really don't get, get a choice. Yep. So you're either stuck with someone that's really cool mm-hmm. or someone you're like this asshole for the next like five months. Yep. So yeah. no, thank you. Yeah, it was one of those. As a kid, I thought it was cool. I think partially because it was also like the I get to be away from my parents, yeah. and then you're like, no wait, I kind of like having my parents there. I like being taken care of and fed. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Sam. So do you have any pairings for this one? So honestly, my first thought is the fucking Billy and Mandy, fucking Harry Potter, the Harry Plurper, whatever fucking episodes. <laughs> Harold uh, Platt or Planter, Harry Planter or Harry Planter or whatever. I can't remember, but that fucking Nigel Planner. That's Nigel Planner. There we go. <laughs> that's the first thing I think of. You say Harry Plopper? Yeah, because I can't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. That's just the first thing I think of was a Billy and Mandy parody. What are you though. tired of? You didn't do anything today. I'm just tired in general. Oh, I'm tired of living. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you had the day off. Yeah, because I had to flex because I spent 12 hours in a fucking airport. I'm, I'm, oh, oh, I have to complain about my day off because I had to do something else on my day off. Yeah, at least you got a day off to replace that day off. Yeah, that's what I thought. She can't even bite at me because I'm right. She but, hates how right I am. Yes. Uh, also, the video game... Take that, liberal! Sorry. Also, the video game Bully, as we've been referencing, because Bully. it really just, yeah. This is the second time we've paired a R.L. Stein book with Bully, isn't it? I think so. Wait, no, 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 no. We paired Lawnmower Man with, oh, yeah. with Bully. With Bully, because yeah. of the Lawnmower Man. Yeah, minigame. But yeah, those are my two. All right, I've, I've got about five, actually. The Teacher from the Black Lagoon and other books from the series. This is a simple book series with a fun premise of a kid who thinks the faculty of his school are monsters because of... Uh, rumors he has heard from the other kids. They always turn out to be normal, though, and it's kind of an inverse of this series. Yeah. Or of this book, I mean. Yeah. Bone Chiller's Teacher Creature and the Graveyard School book, Creature Teacher. Okay, to be fair, I've only read the Bone Chiller's book between these two, but I wanted an excuse to include them on here as they have the same title as this book. Yeah. Fair enough. The Simpsons Treehouse of Horrors 5 segment, Nightmare Cafeteria... The teachers are out to eat the students as budget cuts and detention are both on the rise. Teachers eating students? What more can I say? Yeah, exactly. The Shawshank Redemption or Rito Hafers and the Shawshank Redemption. Now hear me out. Both stories are about people locked up in a terrible place being held against their wills with some kind of uh, or with some of the worst wardens around. Also, there's an escape or an attempt in this book during a storm. Yeah. There we go. Those are my uh, my pairings. Sam, what's your rating and review of, of Creature Teacher? So my review is, as Chris put it, it's not the best Goosebumps book we've read, because Haunted Mask, I think, is just going to keep that title for oh, as long as... There's never going to be one better. Like, I don't think that there's going to be one to top it. But overall, I felt it was good. The stakes were real. It didn't feel forced or cliche. Well, kind of cliche, but in a good way. Yeah. If it, that it, makes sense. It, it wears its cliches on its sleeves, and you like them. Yeah. And the twists that they have sometimes were a little predictable, but again, it's goosebumps, so what do you expect from that? Yeah. But it still worked. 
Overall, I'd probably give it about a four out of five. All right. No, like solid. Nice. Yeah. This is a pretty solid bump right here. This is what I always imagined the Goosebumps 2000 books to be like. A bit more edgy and a bit more scary. Because let's not lie to ourselves. There's vis- there's very visceral moments in this book, and they're pretty freaking scary. Like, again, the mouse head thing, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, I may not be a kid afraid of teachers anymore, but I certainly am a man afraid of bosses who would eat you like Mrs. Marg. Some may say that this book is a bit padded and with the whole talent show segments, but I also got a kick out of this one. I really can't think of anything I didn't enjoy from this book. It's got some pretty funny moments, some good scares... Mrs. Mark has to be one of the best monsters he has had in years, and it's overall a breeze to get through. I guess if I have any criticisms, I'm not a fan of how Paul acts early on in the book, and he can come off as more annoying than sympathetic. Yeah, that was kind of my one critique, is he can yeah. be kind of... He can be kind of annoying, but I yeah. mean, he, you d- end up really liking him, though, I think. Yeah. Like, at least... By chapter five, you like him, I think. And you at least feel for him of the, like, the teacher is going to eat you, and you're like, oh, shit, man. Like, once you once he stops thinking it's a prank, that's when you're like, oh, shit, he understands, and now you're feeling that sympathy towards him. Yeah. I give this book four and a half mouse heads on a cracker out of five. What kind of cracker do you think it is? Uh, I would imagine, like, a plain Ritz or something, you know? Yeah. I don't think anything special from her. I think Ritz or saltine. Yeah, I don't think she'd do saltine. I think I think it's a round cracker. Like, one of those ones that you would have, like, an hors d'oeuvre on. Yeah. You know? Fucking wheat thin. <laughs> yeah, she's got wheat thin. <laughs> Fucking Sam's least favorite. Only because I had so many as a kid. I love wheat thins. So burnt out on wheat thins. Oh, I love them. I can eat a wheat thin right now. I'll eat a wheat thin off your titty. Tiddelicious. Uh, thank you for joining <laughs> us this time on... Thank you for joining us this time on Goosebumps Month. Every, I feel like every September we should do Goosebumps Month because I want an excuse to read Goosebumps books and I figure this will be the one time a year we can do this, like, easily. Yeah. You know, just bam, have it right there, then and there. This this month becomes a Goosebumps podcast and it made me so happy to do this. Uh, and especially since September's tend to be kind of boring months for other themes, in yeah. all honesty. It's not exactly when we go, oh, there's so much we can do with this. It's... Right. There, there's Jack and shit. Uh, one back to school, one, that's it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you for joining us this time around. Uh, if you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to like, subscribe, leave reviews where you can, where, wherever you're listening to. It really does help. Those numbers, you know, they help help find us and shit. You know, they'd be like, oh, hey, look at that. People are listening to us. Let's recommend it to other people. Okay, thanks. Bye. But, you know, five-star review on iTunes means a lot. Five stars on Spotify means a lot. And just making sure to subscribe and listen to us just really helps in general. Those listens really do matter. Uh, make sure to find us on dbc underscore pod on twitter if you want to keep with updates or even communicate with us you can if you follow me i will more than likely follow you back and we can talk through there if you ever feel like it and if you really like us you can join us on our patreon at patreon.com slash drunken book club it's a dollar a month for all the content. You get uh, every episode up early. I try to post them on Wednesdays. Uh, not, not Wednesdays. Mondays, almost a week ahead of time. Uh, you also get a bonus episode once or twice a week, honestly. Like, I'm legit posting more than one episode a week sometimes. Like, that's that's how often we're doing it. Mostly for the Disney Movie Muses side of the podcast. But, hey, who's going to complain about me reviewing the Gummy Bears? The Adventures of Gummy Bears right now. 
holy crap, is that series weird? <laughs> and hey, uh, and you also get the show notes for episodes like these on here. You know what? Big, uh, big announcement actually for October. I'm doing a review of a, not really a review, but more of like a recommendation and kind of like a mini podcast, I guess a bonus episode, every day in October. And I'll, I'll, if you're, if you're really curious about this, just listen to the first episode. It'll be released on October 1st. It's free for everybody. So you just need to follow the link at patreon.com slash drunken book club and you'll be able to listen to all these, these little podcasts I'll be releasing daily on there. But yeah, I'll be doing a just a quick review of a of a horror movie I enjoy and wish to share with people because I wanted to do that for Halloween for a long time, kind of like the Cinemassacre kind of thing, what he did for Monster Madness, but my own kind of thing. And you also get a weekly pairings lineup, which is me pairing the episode we just did on Friday, and on that Friday, I I I I, I pair some more stuff for you guys to watch. Mostly television shows, but sometimes movies as well. Yeah, like I give you a two-hour block of TV shows or three movies you should definitely watch. And I post what streaming services you can get them on in America. In America! <laughs> Sam, where can we find you? You can find me occasionally on Twitter and Tumblr at Berserker Rose. Yep. And, um, yeah, that's the end of the month. Uh, Sam, what are we doing? Uh, we're, we're doing something special for October 6th, aren't we? Yes, because that is my birthday. It's my birthday! So. Sorry, wait, 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 wait. Chris, drop the, drop, drop the OKKO okay, clip. It's my birthday! Thanks. Sam loves that clip. I am 6 to 12 years old. 6 to 11. 6 to 11 years old. Thank you very much. I just love that part, too, yeah. also. The, we're not specifying the age. Yep. Um, Happy 6 to 11th birthday. <laughs> but actually kind of weirdly accurate, considering the book we're doing. Yep. What book are we doing, Sam? We are doing... I can't remember the name because it's Samantha... Mischief, Mischief and Manners. Manners. Of Samantha from the American Girl doll series, which is a doll that I got when I was... Six, I want to say like eight to 11. Six to 11. <laughs> Probably eight to 11, yeah. knowing the doll type, because that was an expensive ass doll. Yes, it was. And yeah, my parents got me the Samantha doll because my name. Yeah. Duh. Basic bitch, am I right? I was going to say I also got Josefina because <laughs> it's the regional thing. Yeah, fair enough. Even though she's New Mexico, but there's no Arizona one, so. Olay. Um, close enough. Close enough. So, but we found the. Which is basically the first three books of the Samantha series. It is the first three books. Yep. Yeah. So. I am not looking forward to it, but you know what? I've read the first few chapters. It's not too bad. Definitely not a book I would have chosen. Hey, I just wanted to try it because, again, it's been... Yeah, I know. I, I, I said it was it was Sam's choice on this one. Uh, for the rest of October, we are doing horror-themed stories and books, so stay tuned. Now... The other part is just the horror of the white privilege in the uh, early 1900s. White privilege. Although Chris gets to make a runabout joke. I, I get to make a lot of jokes, honestly. I'm making a lot of jokes in that one, and I don't think I want Sam to read any of my jokes. That's fair. She stole all my good jokes in this one. You stole my joke, you bitch! You it, bitch! One of them was not my... I did not steal you, one you, of them. Oh, okay. Ooh, you had one joke out of all my great jokes that you got to say. And I'm like, God damn it, Chris, why'd you let her read them? No. <laughs> This is what I get for letting Sam read my notes now. If you want, we can not do that. I think it works so better. I like it. I think it flows a lot better. I actually really like it. If you it don't mind me stealing your jokes. I hate that you steal my jokes, you bitch. No, I mean, it's like writing on, uh, what's it called? Writing on a show, like on uh, Bud Ships. I always gave myself the best jokes. Like, let's not lie to ourselves. But, uh, and, and Joey and Max definitely noticed that. Uh, <laughs> 
write a script, and then you can have all the good jokes yourself. <laughs> Am I right, folks? Uh, so thank you for joining us this time, and yeah, we'll see you guys for October. Make sure to say happy birthday to Sam on the 6th. Bye! Bye! Oh, what song should we even go off on? Uh... Hot for teacher, you got it. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> I'm...